0: Casting live from the port of Carfell on the Plain of Kaldheim, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham and joining me is Cameron. Hello. Nelson. Still here. And Kathleen.
1: I'm back. I didn't think of anything to say. Changed my mind halfway through. Could you tell?
0: <laughs> nailed it. And we are again taking a one week pause on part 2 of the Kaldheim mythical origins episode. Last week I was not well. I'm better now. Hello. Thank you. Next week we will do it for sure, but a whole bunch of stuff happened in Magic this week that it would be silly of us not to spend the time to talk about it.
1: So here's our lukewarm takes.
0: Before that a reminder that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com/lrr for all of your card kingdom needs. They ship singles anywhere in the world, and they have great prices and excellent customer service and stupendously fast shipping to the extent that it is itself a meme how fast they are able to ship. If you ask them for a button, they'll give you a little one-inch button, which right now says creature, human, because you're all humans out there, we assume. And of course, this show is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And we thank you so much for doing that. Starting us off, there was a a little a little tease a little sneaky tease of a ban announcement that Nelson and Cameron talked about last week that was in the information on the secret lair because uro was in one of the secret layers. and when they're about to sell a product involving a card that's about to be banned they decided quite nicely and correctly that they should maybe warn people about it and they were like hey there's a banned and a restricted announcement coming up soon and uro's going to be banned in a couple formats just so that everybody knows what we didn't necessarily expect uh, i mean i guess maybe some of this was expected but w- w- what we didn't know
2: was that uh, this was a a weighty ban announcement yeah if you you remove Uro from this ban, you've still got like a full salad and a side dish.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk about the banning announcements first, and then we're going to also look at Strixhaven, which is the new set. Well, it's not the next the next set's Time Spiral remastered, but the next big set after Kaldheim, the next standard set after Kaldheim. But first,
2: the bans. Nelson, what's what's going on over here? Well, there's a lot of cards getting banned on one day. It was February 15th was the announcement date, and I think it went to effect right away one card was unbanned so why don't we start with that in vintage the only change was Luris of the dream den is unbanned lurus of course having to get banned because uh vintage uses a restricted list but that doesn't do much for the companion mechanic you only the deck, deck building only really requires you to put one in in order to get all the value out of any of the companions however Luris was banned in vintage before the update to the companion rule where companions now cost three more mana and they have to get into your hand so you are cast them from your hand now and it's oftentimes Sometimes you have to pass the turn with them in your hand, so they're sometimes up for uh thought season yeah thought seasoning and yeah, yeah so it's gonna bring this whole apparently this this big ban announcement is lunch I, I guess i haven't eaten enough yet today so everything's going to be about food anyways so they basically said i think we're going to try it we, we suspect Luris will be okay with this extra three man attacks right i'd forgotten about that <laughs> i i had forgotten that they did they fixed companions in that way okay yeah, yeah. I, I guess that makes sense that before they had done that i, I mean they they banned lurus and vintage but like before they banned Lurus and Vintage, Lurus was just in every deck. It was everything I think except Workshops was playing one Lurus because why not? It's just a sideboard slot. right?
0: Uh, there's just no there's literally no downside to
2: running one. Yeah, there are arguments against putting Lurus in your sideboard were much weaker than arguments for. But yeah, back to all these bans. So it, it's so many cards what was it? five, ten. It's 13 cards banned on the same day, which really, I think, makes the tucked, tucked information of Uro in the in the secret layer announcement seem a little better like a lot of things that happen you know over the years little announcements or pieces of information you get from watsi that make everyone's kind of heads jerk or you have a little weird uncomfortable knee-jerk reaction to something it seems a little better as time passes and this is one of those like i you know i'm on the podcast last week with cameron and i'm like this is really funny like it's really silly that they did this although it's it's nice before you buy that you know that it is about to get banned but also just the fact that they teased out part of this ban announcement in hindsight <laughs> doesn't look so weird it's like look there's you got to read a whole book to get through this ban announcement so we'll give you the first chapter for free
0: yeah they talked about how you know over the year just with the pandemic there were fewer high level tabletop tournaments and so they sort of pumped the brakes on worrying too much about banning and restricting cards in formats that don't rotate and this is them realizing that they maybe shouldn't have slowed down that pace of observation quite so much so this is a big like okay 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 let's let's sort
2: all this out right it's like the hive mind is different but it's still a Hive and a lot of people play these formats on the digital clients. And so eventually a lot of games do do happen with high-level players and and whatever stakes are available, even if it's not as many Pro Tours. yeah Okay, well, why don't we dig into the cards banned? Starting with the historic format, Uro is banned, as we talked about. Omnath Locus of Creation also banned, although that was just from suspended. So if you hadn't already gotten your wild cards from Omnath or Uro, because Uro had already been banned in standard, then maybe you got some wild cards. That wasn't a lot of people because Omnath had already been banned in standard and Uro had already been banned in standard and so you don't get extra wild cards if they get banned in the subsequent format this is pretty straightforward you know time passed and they were like no we're not putting Omnath into historic again we don't need that and Uro I think you know multiple different decks can play it and we've talked about it plenty I don't want to talk about too much more repetitive play patterns really strong more reason to play the card than not if you're in any of those colors and a lot of historic decks are so i'm happy to see uro go honestly i haven't played a ton of historic this week yet but i'm more excited to play historic even though one of my decks is kind of gone probably not honestly but Sultai is probably still fine now what's happening in the world of pioneer now this format i haven't played in forever but i guess to fairy time raveler hadn't been banned yet that's, that's silly <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm happy for pioneer players they no longer have to worry about teferi also balustrad spy and undercity informer i'm guessing since the printing of the zendikar rising modal dual face cards it was a lot easier to put together an oops all spells deck
3: yeah i was going to ask about that
2: yeah because now you can play you know a bunch of tap lands or the uh, the, the mythic pay three life lands. get up to your required four mana to trigger your oops all spells thing and then i'm not sure what they do in pioneer exactly how they win once they've milled themselves i don't don't even know what it looks like but usually you win that turn like the old one was like reanimate something that kills them
3: yeah, because yeah, you hit, what was it, Jubilation a- Angel in Legacy? The old one is Angel of Glory's Rise. Angel a- of Glory's Rise. Yeah, sorry, sorry. And then yeah. the other humans are
2: like Laboratory Maniac. And there's like a wizard from Kamigawa. This is a modern deck where like you can tap a wizard you control to draw cards. So then if you just Angel of Glory's Rise, those two back, you've got no library and you draw a card in the no library and you win with Lab Maniac. Or you can just go get a big thing with Haste and Trample somehow if, and then attack your opponent. That also works. But I'm not sure what they do exactly. In Pioneer, but you know, it's a lot of sets. Fill your fill your entire graveyard, and I'm sure there's some sort of instant win with dredge so
3: yeah well whatever it was they're not doing it anymore
2: i mean whatever it was they never even did it the first time they just showed their opponent and then said okay so to game two <laughs> that's the thing about <laughs> all those games where it's just like okay i'm gonna put all these cards here into this zone right and then i'll just show you what i do to win cool and then if they're like walk me through it you're like oh no i gotta play around the path to exile right Anyway, so that i guess that deck was too strong i'm sorry that i i haven't played pioneer since i got to work in a shop so i just haven't run into it i don't know uro is also banned along with teferi and wilderness reclamation the four mana enchantment from ravka allegiance that i think also has already been banned in standard and maybe historic as well and yeah just lets you untap all your lands at the end of your turn so doubling your mana and being a really annoying control deck it's a it's a powerful card. So this is like some kind of unsurprising stuff for Pioneer, I think.
1: I mean, I I think that Balustrade Spy is probably... Like, I'm surprised that card is banned in anything because it's not super exciting, right? Yeah. It's
2: like, good for
1: you, little average draft common, right?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if these two cards are banned in anything else, but certainly this archetype has, has come
3: up. Out of curiosity, I wonder if it has anything to do with arena play, where like mm. in modern, you could just show someone the combo and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But if you're playing in arena, suddenly you're on like... several minutes of clicking accept
2: can you play pioneer on arena not yet although no no you can't but well it's still actually a valid concern camera Mm -hmm. because they have i believe announced in a previous you know state of the game or whatever that the goal is to get pioneer onto arena like right now we have historic and probably historic will remain a format i'm guessing and maybe they'll start to put even older weirder cards into it but but they do want to eventually have all the cards for pioneer on on arena at some point now they might change their mind you know we're obviously still waiting on that ios client but but yeah we're Supposed to have Pioneer at some point. Yeah, Ian doesn't even mention how we win with Ballistocrats fine understanding former, but it's not the first time. Like, there's there's been other formats, Modern and Legacy, of how to all spells decks. So I guess this one is just there's not a ton of interaction for it available in Pioneer. Hmm
0: speaking of modern and i mean and then also legacy modern also had five cards banned one of which is you know say it with me again it's Uro, Uro Titan, Titan nature's, nature's wrath, wrath. yeah <laughs> but what else
2: we've got field of the dead because we just had to slowly ban that card from every format you know month after month if you're not familiar a good friend of golos from the i believe from m20 or m19 field of the dead is a land that makes a zombie a 2-2 uh, zombie token every time a land with a different name enters the battlefield as long as you have seven different names of lands I believe I'm reading that right Yeah, it also enters tapped and adds for a colorless if you control seven or more lands with different names make it 2-2 two, two. so if you have a bunch of effects putting lands into play this can just kind of remake you an army basically every turn turns all your your land finding spells into creatures as well or if you have like some kind of scape shift type effect it can just put a whole bunch of power and toughness on the board at once also getting banned this is the most interesting one to me Simeon spirit guide so Simeon spirit guide is from uh, time spiral block it's two generic American and a red for a 2-2 two, two ape spirit doesn't sound like much right but you can exile it from your hand instead of casting it or getting it on the battlefield so you exile it from your hand to make a red mana so it's like a lotus petal or a dark ritual it's a mana producing effect and it's popular with combo decks also popular in the you know kind of perennial modern strategy of what did they call it blood moon deck win or turn to blood moon fr- blood win blood moon free wins something like that <laughs> i can't remember exactly sorry there's a catchy name for this and i thought i knew it it's in the back of my mind somewhere please comment it if you know what i'm trying to say but it's it's like you play this and maybe any other way to kind of ramp out mana it might involve like sacrificing your lands or sacrificing your permanence but you put put eggs into baskets so that you can try to make a blood mood on turn two and that's your 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 plan a your plan b might be Trinisphere on turn two and so you're running a whole bunch of those and then the rest of your deck is like kind of normal looking amount of lands maybe some interaction and probably for sure some red and planeswalkers and six drop creatures like chandra torture defiance and inferno titan and so that strategy has been around for a while it has a whole bunch of different permutations with like other color or other things you do besides Blood Moon, or like sometimes you're, you're kind of a faster version. Anyways, so it, it's also played in Storm sometimes and other combo decks, like uh, I think Grishold Brand probably played Spirit Guide or the, the recent, you know, Manamorphose into into, uh, sorry, the, the Birthing Pod type spell that I'm forgetting mm. the name of from, from the recent Ravnica block. I looked and it up. The catchy name is Free Win Red. Free Win Red. Thank you. There you go. You can stop typing your comment if it's quick enough. Anyways, so Free Win Red plays it. And also, what's this Simic card now? I I'm sorry, everyone. I'm forgetting all the names of every magic card ever printed, but it's a blue and a green. You sacrifice creature and then you go find a creature with that, a converted mana cost plus oh, one. Oh, Neo form? No. Form. Neo form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Neo form, I believe, also plays the spirit guide. Anyways, I guess they're just tired of modern being that turn quick. Like this one, this seems like a really important band to me because Simeon Spirit Guide being available is like part of the fabric of the deck building of modern and like it mm-hmm. establishes how fast the format is and kind of like is part of what makes modern modern in, in my mind. You know, Spirit Guide is not banned in modern, but uh, you know, now that's no longer true. So, all y'all not playing Spirit Guide and not trying to—I don't know—be part of a fast combo world. Your decks got better. I guess this probably makes fair decks better. It might make decks like you know, playing it might make these decks actually worse because there's going to be less kind of fragile combo decks that are revolving around fast mana and, and a quick problem card. I have so a quick question. I, I think it's a big I'm, deal that Simeon Spirit Guide is banned. I
0: have a quick question, just because I'm—I truly don't know the answer to this. Simeon Spirit Guide from Time Spiral was a color. shift Shifted version of Elvish Spirit Guide, which is all the same stats, but you exile from your hand to add a green. Mm -hmm.
2: Is that not even in modern because it was too old? Yeah, I think that card is only printed in alliances. Okay. Or whatever the first printing of it. I don't know if it's had a second printing, except maybe in like a commander deck. So yes, that is exactly right. It's just not in modern because it's not in a legal modern set. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Or go ahead. Yeah. More questions. Yeah. No, uh, Mystic Sanctuary from Eldrain is banned. This is a land that comes into play tapped as long as you control or comes into play untapped as long as you control three or more islands and then if it enters untapped you can put an instant sorcery from your graveyard on top of your library this so kind just seems of... fine ahead. what's wrong with this <laughs> yeah it's fine as long as you're not putting a crypt command on top of your library right or a yeah. time stretch or whatever what is the time warp so this one either through the the locky kind of blue sort of combo time taking turns decks or the uh, the blue white or sometimes krixis hard control deal with all your stuff decks just helps people get into a repetitive play pattern and at basically no opportunity costs so I guess r is tired of that. I don't know. Mm. Mystic Sanctuary on its own, obviously not the biggest problem, I don't think. So I mm. think this one, this one seems to me the most out of left field.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think we've all really wanted to live the dream in like Mystic Sanctuary for Deprive. Right, exactly. Right? That that feels really good. And your opponent, Mystic Sanctuaries for Cryptic Command. You're like, oh. Well, Cryptic Command works too, because you can bounce the
2: Mystic Sanctuary with one of the mm-hmm. modes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But yeah, both of those, both of those are things. People have been doing that in Modern. And I'm guessing that Mystic Sanctuary was banned. We could probably even read this but I think it was probably banned partly just because of all these other bands in modern. Like I don't think Mystic Sanctuary was like hard up to be banned next, but just kind of like to help establish the upcoming metagame as a bit more equal. But what else? Okay, so we said Feel the Dead, Mystic Sanctuary, the Monkey, Uro. Tibalt's Trickery from, from Kaldheim. 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 Yeah. We just too many. got here. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't around for too long in Modern and uh, because of Trickery and, and the other Tibalt card because of Valky and Trickery we're getting a rules change as well. So we might as well talk about that now because it's kind of related to this ban. So Cascade is being updated to say this is a triggered ability that functions only while this spell is on the stack. Cascade means when you cast a spell comma exile cards from top of your library until you exile an online card whose converted mana cost is less than the spell's converted mana cost period. You may cast that spell without paying its mana cost if its converted mana cost is less than this spell so that second since the if clause wasn't there anymore or wasn't there before you used to just say exile till you had a spell with a lower cmc you may cast it which meant you know you could cascade into a valky and cast a tibble which was a very popular strategy in legacy or sorry in, in modern po- po- legacy as well yeah i think modern and legacy were both playing the three mana cascade spells into a copy of valky and if they had a way to accelerate that maybe they would but otherwise they're just kind of playing two tap lands and having free spells up that cost more than three like force of War will and misdirection so they just survive by using their free spells as interaction for two turns and then they cascade into a seven mana planeswalker that wins the game for them but tybalt's trickery similarly was in modern this is a deck list that martin juza posted on january 28th and it's just three emercools uh one copy of tybalt's trickery four violent outbursts and 52 lands so you do have to mulligan (laughs) you want to mulligan into your your outburst you have four copies of it though so it's not so bad you can you can have no lands in hand but cuz you're always generally going to hit a land off every drop. and then yeah the only other spell in your deck with a different name, like the way this works is you cast Violent Outburst on three, which is a three-mana cascade spell that just pumps your team and it has cascade. So, and the cards in your, the spells in your deck with names are Emrakul, Tybalt's Trickery, and Violent Outburst. And there's only one Tybalt's Trickery. So you're going to cascade into your Tibalt's Trickery, counter your own Violent Outburst. The remaining spells in your deck are only Violent Outburst, or Emrakul the Aeon's turn. So on turn three, you cast an Emrakul the Aeon's turn with Tybalt's Trickery and then on turn four you, well, your turn three essentially still, you know, your point doesn't get a turn three. You attack for 15 and Annihilator six. So that's how they do it in in modern. That sucks so bad. <laughs> Pretty nuts, right? It's, it's funny because I thought I thought there was an updated version but I think I'm just thinking of the legacy cascade into Valkyrie thing. But yeah, there there is this funny opening part of the game if you chose to play this deck for the like one month that you could where, or not even a month, like two weeks or whatever that you could where you have to mulligan into a violent outburst. And also like you have to mull you into a violent outburst and you can't have your Tybalt's trickery in your hand either. So that makes it a tiny bit harder. But yeah, you, you're and you also can't I don't no, I guess you could have all four Tybalt's straight. I guess you can't have all three Emrakuls in your hand either. So, you know, I'm sure some some games, plenty of games probably if, you know, a reasonable number of people played this deck that it got banned. There must have been several games where people mull the zero and then, you know, concede on turn 4 or whatever.
0: What a change going from a planeswalker that was so bad, it became a joke to yeah, this incredibly powerful card.
1: You got to have a, a an impactful card for two weeks, and then we took it away from you because it was too powerful. right.
2: Yeah. That's all they know how to do with Tibalt. He's one end of the scale or the other. I found a list yeah. on the
0: magic subreddit of how quickly cards were banned, right. And Tibalt's trickery is the third fastest card from release to banning. Oh, neat. Can you think of the rest of the top five?
2: Lutri? Oh yeah, Lutri's the same as the one I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, Lutri was a day zero
2: ban for Brawl and Commander. So Mind's Desire was a day zero ban for vintage. Six days. Oh, it was six days. It was oh it was the first week my coworker had told me it was like day zero, but I guess six days, yeah. For
0: legacy and vintage,
2: yeah. Right.
0: Number three, Tybalt's trickery.
2: Okay. So that, so Lutri is actually number one. That's so neat. Okay. There's two more that got banned within the first two weeks, eh? Or Tibble trickery is... Oh, just in the top five. It's actually 14 days and 17 days. Right. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. Actually, was it Oko?
1: Yeah, that's my guess.
2: No, Oko's way down the list, actually, at number eight. What about, um, Treasure Cruise? Because that
3: format wasn't super long, was it? I want to say Treasure Cruise was around for like two or three weeks at least. Yeah, okay. Okay.
0: Treasure Cruise was around for longer than that. It's not actually, I've got the top 12 here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Give me a hint. So, okay, number five, uh, with 17 days before being banned in Standard and Brawl is also on the list of things we've talked about today, H-
2: however briefly. Was it Field of the
0: No. No. A- row?
2: Omnath. That's right, Omnath was super fast too. Right, okay, right.
0: And number four, it only took 14 days for it to be banned in Standard, Extended, Legacy, Vintage, and Urza's Block Constructed.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh is it Memory Jar? or Memory Jar. hmm mm-hmm. That's funny. I didn't play back then, but wasn't that an emergency banning, like the infamous emergency banning at a tournament?
2: Yeah, no, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not sure on the specifics of that. That sounds right. Certainly. I believe that year of magic was referred to as combo summer or (laughs) blue summer or something like, like there was a, you know, Urza saga came out and then it was like, okay, this is the deck. And like, people had various versions like maybe there wasn't, wasn't day one agreed upon perfect list but it was pretty close everyone's just like let's just make all the mana and draw all the cards and right. do all the stuff and kill our opponent immediately before
0: we move on to legacy just because i'm sure people will be will be curious number six was Luris, and both in Legacy and Vintage for Luris. That was 31 days. Grizzlebrand, banned in Commander after 44 days. Mystic Forge, banned in Vintage after 45 days. Underworld Breach, banned in Legacy after 45 days. Oko, banned in Standard and Brawl after 45 days. Lingering Souls, banned in Innistrad Block Constructed mm-hmm. after 46 days. And then number 10 is. is tolerian academy windfall and stroke of genius 50 days for being banned in standard extended legacy and vintage though stroke wasn't banned in standard
2: okay there There you you go go. the uh the other interesting infographic i saw this uh, this week someone someone tweeted out just cards banned per year like and the year is the the X line. I right? saw that. And then it's just the cards stacked on top of each other. So you see like these cards we were just discussing from saga block, like near the left, there's a little space. Then there's all the Mirrodin cards that got banned. Like the, you know, the next biggest banning per day after this is like six cards or something. And they're just artifact lands. I think Some, something like that. I'm not sure how many, how many of the next most cards banned in one announcement is, but I'm pretty sure this is the most ever in one day. And then, so there's a the Mirrodin block and then there's another space. Then there's Jason stone forge by themselves around 2011 or whatever. And then there's another space, and then there's just like giant columns since the Fire Philosophy cards have been coming out, right? It's just like all of these cards that have been banned every year. So, pr- pretty neat. But I was just talking about this with Jeremy White last night and it's like, yeah, I think we, we are in a period of growth here where like we're figuring out the, the new kind of like life cycle of the fire philosophy cards. And I, I suspect WotC is learning a lot, like, you know, R&D is learning a lot from how these cards are going from development to play and and eventually banning for a lot of them. And I'm still actually fairly optimistic that this is going to slow down eventually. We're not going to see as many cards come out that need to be banned within the first month. And we're still going to keep getting great cards because the thing is like, yeah, these cards are getting banned, but these cards are sweet. <laughs> You know, like, you get to crack packs with these cards in them. And, like, they're not the only cards that are sweet. Like, you do still get to play really fun cards. Like, look, Questing Beast isn't anywhere close to being banned. And it's, like, one of the most amazing creatures of all time, right? And, like, Mm -hmm. no one's even looking at it. And, like... You still get to play with Questing Beast and Questing Beast came from the fire philosophy too, right? So there's an advantage to being to playing magic in this world of not being sure if you're allowed to play the cards you open in your packs, which is obviously harsh too.
0: I've been drilling down in the comments on that post and the emergency day zero memory jar ban. It turns out that in in actuality, memory jar was legal for fourteen days, but they did banning announcements far less frequently back Uh. then. And so after that time, and based on some stuff that was already happening at like the pre-release events, they were like, oh, heck, and retroactively added it to a previous ban announcement. Okay, neat. So it, on, on paper, it was a day zero ban, but there, right. was, ac- there was technically time when it w- was legal
1: right but they're like we can't wait till the next ban announcement this card's off the chain magic won't sustain value of this but of this uh the, the cut This all jordan
2: <laughs> <laughs> do not cut that it was too funny there's no chance she's getting that okay should we move on that's all the cards yeah, yes. from modern yeah yeah so in legacy we have three cards banned and let's talk about them in order of surprise factor so for me at least this is my least surprise card to see gone in any format it's Oko, a thief of crowns, now legal in vintage. Possibly it's restricted. I don't know. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Oko, I guess, has just done enough things in Legacy that mm, people are tired of it. I don't blame them. Anyone have anything to add about that? Why is it plus one? Right?
3: Yeah. Why is it plus one?
2: Similarly to Uro, we've already talked about this one generic, one blue, one green spell that deserves to be banned in all this formats, all these formats and now is. I guess you could probably still play Uro in Legacy. There you go.
1: People who work in Watsy must love blue green.
2: Yeah, it's been a great couple of years, obviously, for the Simic mages. Maybe Mark Rosewater is is Simic and everybody knows it now. I don't know. Maybe it's Gavin. There's some powerful Simic faction working down there, obviously. Okay, moving on. Arkham's Astrolabe. This card had already been banned in Modern and just kind of fixes your mana and is an artifact and draws a card for one mana and lets you play cards together in the same deck that a lot of other cards don't do so yeah probably they didn't want to see the consistency of arkham's Astrolabs everywhere all the time and you know legacy already has great mana and great artifacts so i feel like anyone who is relying on arkham's Astrolab to do their thing will get over it not not too surprised to see that one banned either did get banned in modern and the last card on our list Now, this one is kind of up there with Tybalt's Trickery in terms of being like, you know, a surprise. It's not a brand new card. It's been around for a while and it's a very good card, but it is a card that costs one generic and one red. So you don't usually see those cards getting banned. And also it's a creature and it doesn't even have an enter the battlefield effect. It's just got trample and a when this attacks effect. To me, this sort of, it looks a little bit on paper, right? Like banning Inferno Titan or something, right? Like you're like, wait, why do you have to ban this? It's Dreadhorde Arcanist and the uh, the attack trigger is you may cast target instant or sorcery spell or card or sorcery card with uh, cmc less than or equal to or darkness's power and there's just so many good one mana spells in legacy that although i haven't looked at the deck list in a while i know you know grixis or blue red or teamer or even just black red you can play Dreadhorde arcanist with like you know obviously lightning bolts and thought seas and then various other interactive cards and just kind of wreck your opponent's day and get a lot of value out of Dreadhorde arcanist so i guess that archetype was just too good
0: yeah that would that one surprised me as well just being like oh Dreadhorde arcanist yeah that's a cool card never quite got that to pop off in draft why is it banned <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: How many combat tricks to pump power are they running in in Legacy? Probably zero.
2: Yeah, I think zero. Or no, they might they might be on one in the in the Delver version. Sometimes they play that
3: that Delve one. Is this just a way of hitting Delver at kind of while well, maintaining the character of the deck?
2: Yeah, I think it just like slots into Teamer or Delver, or Grixis Delver pretty
3: well. Or you can play like a Grixis control strategy with it. Like just trying to keep one deck under like to- tune its power level without hitting its much more defining cards sorry
2: right i i understand your question now right like they want to attack the strategy of the team or delver deck without completely dismantling it and so they're like oh you had this tool and we want to take that tool away because you're too good with it yeah that makes sense so that's like a, that's really kind of like the Dreadhorde Arkansas band is interesting because it's sort of a, a fine piece of surgery right you know, think of the band as being the hammer that's like, stop all this madness. Get this busted card out of here. And this one's more like, well, this card's not exactly busted, you know, for the reasons I just described. Right. We looked at the deck
3: list and chose the cheapest card on it. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: According to the article online, they're like, Dreadhorde Arcanist is real good in Legacy. And without Oko, we think it's going to be even more prominent. So we're also banning that. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah reasonable. I don't hate that. And I think, I don't, I don't know if we read it, but. That was sort of my su- suspicion for why they banned Mystic Sanctuary in, in Modern. It's like, you know, they they start off banning Uro and all these formats and a couple other cards are sort of nuts. Like the Oops All Spells cards get banned or they ban Oko finally in Legacy. And it's like, OK, now let's let's quickly look at these formats and say, like, is there anything else that will probably need to get banned right away? Let's just ban it now. So I don't know, like this announcement, it does seem kind of like the other thing that's happening here is, you know, R&D or play design or organized player, or whichever part department is kind of in charge of this they've probably gotten a little bit better at doing bans right they've had all this banning experience over the last two years like they're starting to probably really like feel their stride you know they go to do this ban they're like wait no we got to put arcanist on the list too we got to ban that so as much as it's not something that i think anyone wants a part of wizards to be getting good at maybe it's still kind of nice these days for people to kind of level up the the ban hammerers the ban carpenters can level up at their hammering
0: so That's the Bannings. We're going to talk about Strixhaven now. Yeah, we are. But very briefly before that, I just wanted to say that they also, in the big reveal stream for all the Strixhaven stuff, announced two changes to nomenclature that i wanted to talk about real quick one is a trimming down of the phrase shuffle your library
2: it is now just shuffle so yes you have permission to dance at your table
0: i'm going to like obviously we're going to do a joke about that at some point stay tuned for that crap shot yeah the so because they showed we'll talk more about this in a second but they showed this alternate art cool card frame demonic tutor which now reads, search your library for a card, put that card into your hand, then shuffle. So that's just nice. I am surprised that they streamlined that before they figured out an elegant way to streamline when card enters the
2: battlefield just because it's such it's so wordy comparatively but and happens about as much yeah i i would really like for them to eventually i don't know if i haven't like prepared this speech or whatever but like between triggered abilities activated abilities and static abilities i'd love to see like a little symbol to help you remind it Mm -hmm. or Mm. help, help new players sort that out other games have done similar things and i think magic could eventually get there where they they find something they like enough to Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. save on some ink and help visually understand the cards
0: and the other thing is mana value replacing the current terminology of converted mana cost and i think this
2: is great because i've always wondered converted from what (laughs) yeah it's more like converted into just a number rather than a color symbol yeah but yeah, I, I realized in getting in the same discussion, it's like, that's not the correct word. They want the word absolute. It should have been absolute mana cost" before, right? Like, right. what's mm. just the number value? And that's what that means, right? Yeah. So all this time, we could have been calling it absolute mana cost." <laughs> <laughs> which sounds you know like an evil villain yeah so i don't know when exactly
0: these come into play i guess whenever strict releases but yeah mana value is now
2: that's going to be a lot of oracle text changes yeah certainly what what do you think of that one i think it's
0: fine it's like it honestly it also it's shorter it's shorter it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as cmc mm. but None of the cards ever said CMC. That was just like
2: the parlance. Are are we going to get used to seeing and hearing MV? MV, I guess.
1: MV is easier than CMC. Yeah. But I will never again think about CNC Music Factory when somebody <laughs> asks about the CMC of a card. So I feel like that's a small loss.
3: Aw. Everybody casts now. Yeah, there you go. There you go.
1: It's the last time you can think that.
3: No, it's not. You can't <laughs> stop me. That's right. I'll keep thinking it no matter what. I can't help myself. I mean, like th- this probably actually isn't like a very huge deal. It probably helps like with text size on cards, but you know, Magic players are still calling it Moto. So. <laughs> As a community, it's kind of set in its ways. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. it's possible we'll just keep saying cmc all the time but now they're using less ink so that's a win
0: okay so now actually strixhaven they announced this was a surprise a surprise to me anyway because i was streaming at the time and people kept coming into chat and being are you watching the wizard stream right now and i'd be like no i'm literally playing sealed you can see you know don't worry about it <laughs> so yeah they announced a bunch of information on strixhaven which is very exciting kathleen what did they talk about
1: strixhaven is the school of mages and they have revealed the five colleges. Of magic, and you know what? I think there's some with it. I think one of these is going to speak to your soul, whoever you are, wherever you are. So they're all based on well-known color pairs, is how I will define it. So your first one is lorehold, and that is uh, red and white other way, like most people would call this combination boros and they said that lore holds are diligent researchers and daring adventurers they're passionate scholars obsessed with history they explore the past by poring over archaeological artifacts and summoning long dead spirits and they've got like adorable loxodons that are like you know doing like adventure stuff and if you look at Lorehold command they've got dwarves as well and some sort of flying thing with wings but it's more like a cat or something like that it's hard to tell from the card it looks very fun and cute and, you know, like sort of a PG-13 children's adventure movie in there. Anybody feel like they want to go to the Lorehold College of
3: Magic? I mean, like, this is very much like the classic adventurer, you know, like, what is your defining characteristic? I'm brave, right? You go to Lorehold. And I I just like all of these, how they quite clearly started off with, you know, a traditional Western liberal arts education grounding. And then we're like, what what does that look like in magic? So I I feel Lorehold starts off, you know, archaeology and history.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones is a lore hold.
3: Yes, yeah. A Lara Croft. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Next up, we have the Prismari, and they are the theater kids of Strixhaven. That's that's what the magic website says. And they express themselves with magic. Their motto is, express yourself with the elements. And for them, all the world's a stage. And to them, spells are spectacles of raw creativity or meticulous artistic expressions.
3: Ah. Right. Yeah, the, the fine arts department. Yeah. If Strixhaven has a school band, Prismari have the trumpet blast, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, these all feel so good to me. This feels warm and fuzzy.
1: I just like the idea that there's like like uh, an orc maybe doing a very serious like thing with like different colors of exploding mana, and it's just like you know she's just trying to get the explosion just right or something like that, you know. <laughs>
3: Mhm. Mm-hmm. But like I wonder if they also have all of the the artifact manipulation, right? Like people people talk about like theater and are like, "Oh yes, it's acting," right? But it's also a lot of like actual physical labor because you need to build the props and the sets, and then you also have people who are like sculptors who have to get their welding tickets. Mm. Right? So I imagine that there's also that element at play here.
1: Now, anybody anybody feel like that they would be at home in the Prismari College of Magic?
3: Yeah, I, f-
2: I feel I belong to the the Prismary College. I like that the, the students seem to be involved in like the performance and putting on events. And so that that really speaks to me and makes me long for a better time when I can gather together with other humans on stage. Also, you know, I'm a big fan of playing blue red. So that's sweet.
3: You have your BFA, right, Nelson?
2: I do. Yeah, I also have a degree from, you know, a fine arts school. I uh, have a music degree from University of Victoria, which I have used to come here and talk about magic arts. I'm going to wait until I hear all five of them, but I'm certainly leaning Prismari at the moment. Oh. I'm also a big fan of this commands that we've seen and, and the splash art for the, the school, both kind of leaning on what I just learned this week is bisexual lighting, where you have blue and red and purple <laughs> all <laughs> splashed on someone. I, I hadn't heard that term before, but I just think it looks so good.
1: The Prismari College is definitely the sexiest and most exciting college. Everyone there is having a lot of dramatic stuff happening. And honestly, it sounds exhausting to me, but that's okay, because I'm not going there.
3: Well,
2: you either get excited to have, like, you know, tense, sidelong glances at your fellow students in the Prismari College, or you don't. And if you don't, then that's fine. We respect that. But I'm all about it.
1: Coming up next, we have the Quandrix College. And Quandrus mages are ingenious math magicians. They study patterns, fractals, and symmetries to command power over the fundamental forces of nature. Their motto is, math is magic. And they are blue-green, so sort of like this, like, similar ground to the Simic in that, like, there's this sort of, like, scientific kind of, like, you know, element, but Simic was, you know, a lot more chaotic, and this seems more like, no, no, this is exact, we know exactly what we're doing, right?
3: Yeah, well, like, the Quandricks are the theoreticians. And Mm. this kind of like always speaks to me whenever I see this in a fantasy setting, because quite frequently, wizards are portrayed like pouring through ancient libraries and looking for artifacts from some previous golden age, instead of being like, instead of exploring, looking to the future, they're frequently looking to the past, right? Mm. So I feel like an affinity for the Quandrix, because I did one of my degrees in theoretical chemistry. And, you know, that has nothing to do with the real world whatsoever. And I really appreciated that. Mm. Also, the hands in the key art for Quandrix, I just like, somebody worked really hard on those hands and got them right. They're amazing. Her hands are just, yes, yes.
1: The, 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 actually, I think the key art for this Quandrix mage, I have some, I have some thoughts about that that I'll come to, back to at the end, might be my favorite of all the key art. It's just gorgeous.
3: Mm-hmm. Also, their motto being, math is magic. I'm like, I can already hear boards of Canada, like, track, you yeah. know, music is math.
1: <laughs> I, I, I honestly do kind of think math is at, you know, a certain level magic. Like, it doesn't, no, most people don't understand it at all, but it makes, sort of makes everything we use go, right? Yeah. It's not that far off.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like the kind of underrated part of the green color pie and magic being, you know, the natural tendency to form patterns and like Mm. you know and and the fact that like you know all of evolution and expansion of life and stuff is due to math right it like has to do with like where you know an entity could get the most of the resource it's trying to collect right like that's the direction you move as you're growing through like cycles of life forms right and we think of green and magic as mostly being about like you know in a johnny's naya jungle right it's like you know it's about chaos or it's about you know Korea, there's a, a big beast eating a, a, a smaller beast and then a third beast that's bigger than both of them shows up and it's all fighting and war and it's like well part of green is like you know just what happens when th- things are basically stable and like what that means and what well, the crystals look like and stuff
3: yeah like the the dizzying tantalizing complexity of the universe yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it feels like blue, but it's green, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The natural, the the laws of the universe are wonderful.
1: God, they really hit it out of the park with Quandrix, I think, Mm -hmm. but... We must move on to our next College of Magic. My goodness, it's Silver Quill. Silver Quills wield the magic of words, from inspiring battle poetry to biting arcane insults, and one hopes, hilarious diatribes. Stylish, intimidating, and tirelessly competitive, these mages are born leaders with a razor sharp wit and natural charisma that can be used for good or ill. Their motto is sharper style, sharper wit. I was reading this and I was like, I am seen when I got here. Like, I don't think I could live up to our very stylish Silver Quill quill mage but i'm in there in the back also wearing black refining (laughs) the art of comedy which i is can be a weapon
2: okay say it with me everybody kathleen your undercut did look that good
3: yes yeah your hair has always looked this good
2: it's true i know you can't see it that's become abundantly clear but it looked (laughs) just as good as this ink wielding magician in the in the splash art
1: ah don't you just want to be that person though he looks so cool
3: (sighs) yeah yeah absolutely i I also have a degree in English lit and like, yes, (laughs) yes, the, the, the the liberal arts, right? Like I feel, I feel validated. Yeah. I definitely want to like go to the bar with the silver quill mages. You know, you, you never want to give a seminar to them. You always want them to deliver a seminar to you.
2: Yeah. It's like everyone at at Strixhaven might be really smart, but it seems like the silver quill students are the ones who can most clearly express how smart they are. And like, you know talk you in circles or just, just teach you about something that you enjoy.
3: Yeah. Right. And like, you, you know, you graduate from silver quill and you go out into the multiverse looking for a job and you have an interview and they're like, so you went to silver quill and, they're like, and you explain, yes. And they're like, so what can you do? <laughs> right. Right. Like we, we're, we're looking at hiring, maybe, maybe hiring a, a, a lore old magician for this role. And you, you're like, so what can you do? And you're like, well, I can assimilate information really quickly. I can read really fast and, you know, learn quickly and i can also express myself accurately and they're like yeah what does that mean
1: i'm great at writing reports
3: I've had that interview, right? And then they hire someone and they have to hire somebody else to edit for them. And it's just like, but you could have had me.
2: Right. But you're in you're in the interview and the person who needs to hire you is like, OK, so explain it like I'm five. And then you do. And then you're like, OK, explain it like I'm three.
3: Nobody appreciates the skill set.
1: No, they really don't. I feel like the silver quills often like they look great, but most of the time they're just like, you know, they're just like, no, sorry, like I'm writing. Leave me alone. Like I feel like the silver quill are actually kind of like introverted. Their parties are not that wild but there's a lot of coffee i think i'm projecting honestly at this point
3: like if you've ever been like maybe just a little hammered during a lecture
1: the sweat i i i completely understand this
3: (laughs) sharper wit and i love this interpretation of black in magic Mm. like ambitious incisive stylish stylish and not like hateful or selfish
1: or putrid
2: Mm -hmm. it looks like they might be petty like i feel like if you date someone from silver quill and then you dump them and then you're still in the same class oh that's bad for you
1: oh yeah
2: also they they're all wearing like knee length or ankle length trench coats this season yeah yeah and it's and there's, well, there's like four suns out in the picture. So it's like, no matter what, clearly they're just always wearing black. But I'm hoping we get to see some sweet tattoos if like their magic tends to be related to ink. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like
1: he might have a tattoo on the side of his head, actually. Perfect. I, I'm I'm a big fan of, of Silver Quill, But we must move on to Witherbloom. Witherblooms are goth bio majors. Now, I would say that some of these other, like, I would say Silverquills are also goths. <laughs> But these are goth majors. They draw power from the essence of living beings, and whether that means enhancing nature or exploiting it. Witherbloom mages are most at home riding zombie crocs, picking herbs for potions, and hanging out in their swamp making grim jokes. Their motto is, get your hands dirty!
3: Yeah, like, so these are the physical sciences, right? Whereas the Quandrix are more like the laboratory or the theoretical sciences. The Witherblooms are like the geologists... Who carry their lunch in like a plastic bag that they put in the small of their back, right? So it's warm <laughs> when they stop to eat it. You know, it's it's the which is literally something a geologist friend of mine told me that they did. You know, this is the delight of the physical world.
1: This is yeah. If anyone's ever fantasized about becoming a bog witch, this is where you go to school for it.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like the you know you you never call it dirt with a wither bloom dirt Mm. it's not dirt it's soil Mm. and it's a it's a matrix of about a billion different elements and don't ever call it dirt
1: (laughs) right this is potential
3: Mm -hmm. earth if you must yeah but never dirt
1: so graham you went into this cold yeah where are you feeling yourself right now
3: i definitely see the appeal of
0: the silver quill I, i i don't think i'm stylish enough and it, it also doesn't quite land for me. I think it, it's tough, actually. I but I think I am a little bit more Prismari than Silver Quill. Mm. If you're looking at what school of the college we're we're going to, I mean, I was in I was in visual art as well. And yeah, that seems that seems correct. This is awesome, and I'm very excited about about this set and the stuff that we'll get to do with it. I'm also excited about the things we'll get to open. Ah, yes. Because they announced this thing called the Mystical Archive, which is. still similar to the masterpieces or the inventions and things that we've seen in the past. So it's reprints of cards with new art and these awesome looking borders. But the thing is, these are just in every pack.
3: There's one in every I'm pack. I'm so excited for these. I really am. Also the Japanese ones that they've shown. I was going to say, yeah. So like, first
0: of all, what I love, these are attainable. These are gettable. These, There's one of these in every pack. This is such a huge improvement for getting these cool cards over the stuff they've done previously. And then, yeah, just for fun, I guess Magic is huge in Japan. There's a whole different collection just for Japan, which are gorgeous. They've only spoiled three of them, but the Opt especially is astonishingly pretty. And you will be able to get these in the English language collector boosters. Every collector booster will have one of the Japanese mystical archive cards
2: i I
3: think i'm gonna have to buy a lot of that yeah (laughs) i think i think they finally got me they got me these are gorgeous if they're in every pack of the japanese
2: set like that should mean good things for the secondary market like if you just want to own these you know if they're going in every pack like you're not gonna have to pay masterpiece prices i don't think
3: but yeah very exciting exciting yeah yeah like i'm just so thrilled with strixhaven they've gone back to the the guilds kind of model of inviting players to associate very strongly with these color identities and giving them a strong personality and this Mm -hmm. kind of like nerd horoscope vein Mm -hmm. right of like you know what's your myers-briggs type or some something this has like that that same very strong feel of wanting to belong to something and i i mean i can't argue with its potency because i want merch (laughs) i want merch (laughs) right if i don't have a, a moleskin embossed with the silver quill logo then what the hell is even going on here right
1: yeah well i think it's nice that it gives people like because like the 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 ravnica guilds were you know set up a very long time ago and so newer players might see themselves a bit you know represented here where they're not really familiar with what ravnica is and stuff like that you know let's just see those logos being tossed around and stuff and also like they're a little different like if you like white black but you never wanted to associate yourself with like a band of like reprehensible ghoulish undead bankers you know maybe you didn't want to be like yeah orzhov life
3: yeah, exactly, exactly, right. Like the, the the Ravnican guilds are great, but they're from a very kind of like unpleasant world, right? Like they're all dysfunctional. Ravnica kind of. They all have kind of a low regard for life. They're entertaining. They're really well, like that. They have strong personalities, and I like them a lot. But Strixhaven feels um like a much healthier representation of these color identities.
1: Mm. The mm-hmm.
3: guilds are all
2: hierarchical. They all have a leader, and they all have a hierarchy. And the foot soldiers are only really, you know, taken care of, I think, in like the Boros and the Silesnia. Like it's always a crime to kill a Wojek, and like, you know, Silesnia guild kind of feels like a happy family, but you you don't want to work for the Azorius. (laughs) Like those people are like cops and like, you know, bureaucrats that have to work like really long hours.
1: Yeah, you don't want to be like, you don't actually want to be like a demure spy, like killing people and like stealing their thoughts.
2: No, I want to go on a pub crawl with some lore hounds. Yeah, no, these, yeah, these, the colleges feel more like, you know, these are student body organizations and yeah, they seem really inviting. And I want to, I want to say they did a pretty good job of separating the identities we talked about a bit. The only one that seems kind of similar to me is the Witherbloom, feel a bit like the the Golgari. Mm -hmm. There's just maybe only so many directions you can go with the kind of magic that they're using if these are the two colors associated but all four of these don't don't feel too familiar you know they feel like mm-hmm. new, new places that we can be within these uh combinations of colors
3: like the hands in the in the key art are all so good like the silver quill hands they're, it's just all so good whoever did it kudos and if
0: you would like to take your very good hands and put magic cards in them i would <laughs> recommend going to cardkingdom.com They sponsor this show, and if you go to cardkingdom.com slash LRR, that's the place to be. Please do give them a visit. We appreciate it. And also, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. That's going to have to be it for this episode. Again, next time we will be talking about more mythical origins of Kaldheim. The Kaldheim Nicknames uh, website is up at LRR.cc slash nicknames. Check that out. And I can't wait to talk more about Strixhaven in the future. So until next time, I have been Graham, joined by Cameron. Hello. Goodbye. Nelson. Thanks for being here. Kathleen. I was here too. James around the card reader. Jordan edits these. Heather gets them online. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. And we will talk to you
1: next time. Bye.